0: Welcome to Sausage on a Fork, a podcast dedicated to the UK's longest-running children's drama programme, Drain Chill. My name's Neil, and in each episode, I'll interview a former cast member about their life before, during, and after their time on the programme. Okay, welcome to the latest episode of Sausage on a Fork, and I am absolutely delighted to say that I have been joined by none other than Dan Lee Corns, who played Mr. Jeff Hankin, Lee, welcome to Sausage on a Fork.
1: Pleasure to be here, Neil. Thanks for inviting me. Looking Not at to all.
0: You. Absolutely brilliant that, that you've, you're able to join us. So, what we'll do, uh, Lee, is we'll go. We'll start the way we start every episode, and we'll go right back. And if you can tell us how you first got into acting.
1: Well, it came through comedy. I was at Birmingham University and knocked around doing reviews. In fact, our group were the first to take a review to the Edinburgh Festival. This wow. is now 1976, for God's sake. Then thought, fancied this, this acting comedy lark. Went down to London and actually trained as a teacher for postgraduate course in order to get a grant. Can you believe we got grants then? Where I met my wife. And so I qualified as a science teacher. And you know what's coming. So I... And then I did some teaching whilst looking around for basically acting stuff. But it didn't happen until I auditioned for the first night of the Comedy Store Dave. in 1979, along with Alexi Sale and Rick Mail and uh, AIDS and Keith Allen and all those people yeah. who then became as kind of were uh, put together as like alternative comedy, and that's really how all my uh, acting career started through the comedy and being recognized so i did you know bottom uh, young ones and yeah. dwarf and blackout and this that and the yeah. other and then i had a it's kind of a profile of mine and then i had an agent and then in 19 i guess yeah. it was uh 19 i suppose 80 in the late 80s when i auditioned for grange hill she said i think you'd be right for this they need a science teacher and the audition was quite funny, because when I was teaching, learning to teach at the Institute of Education in London in 77, 78, I actually did my teaching practice in uh, Nicholas Hawkesmore School in Radlick, which is, you have to walk past uh, Elstree Studios, right. where he's not ever done, um, to get to it. And I remember thinking at the time, God, I'd love to work here. You know, slob going up to teaching practice, and lo and behold, you know, 10 years or so later, I was called in. So when they said, um, we're looking for a science teacher, you know, I said, oh, well, hang on. Wait a minute. I am a, a trained science teacher. I have been teaching science and I used to teach up the road. And you could see the classic look of, here's another bloody actor. Like, yeah, of course I can ride a horse. Sorry. Yeah, of course I can speak French, you know. I said, no, it's true. It's actually, actually true. And... Um, so anyway, I got the job, and uh, it, it helped me in some good stead. Only insofar as sometimes it's quite a panic situation. Sometimes getting studios ready, and
0: you know, there's yeah. a lot
1: to think about. Big cast, lots of scenes, and there'll be the blackboard not with anything on it. Say, "Lee, put some science on it." So I, I would do the science lesson if you like, or oh, just you know, screw yeah. up your photosynthesis equation or whatever. Because yeah. I used to teach biology mostly. time. Right. Up to A level and so on, so that came in handy. Although I was never, people ask me, "Were you like Jeff Hankin?" Well, no, because torn <laughs> you know, to bits. You know, yeah. the trick is teaching, as you know, as a teacher, you know, you have to kind of go in a bit stern and then, yeah,
0: listen. yeah, yeah. It, don't show your weak sides. Anymore. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Just if I can't, because obviously we want to talk about Jeff Hankin. But if I can, if I can just take you back there, you've just said about the comedy store and and hmm. and all, all those or all, all the names you have just mentioned. So so they became like the you know the comic strip sort of like they became that yep. sort of crew, didn't they? And
1: yeah,
0: obviously you were you know a, a, a part of that because you, you 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 appeared in all those programs as you've said, like the the young ones and and bottom and all that. But did you find that they would just come to you and say, "We want you to do this."
1: Yeah, I think what it was, and I, I always name-check people like Paul Jackson and John Lloyd, because they really saw uh, a new kind of wave of comedy coming through. Yeah. Paul Jackson in particular, you mm-hmm. know, he, he was a champion of uh, Red Dwarf, which was re- re- rejected by most TV companies. Yes. And what they took a chance with was having young stand-up comedians with no particular acting ability or, mm-hmm. or, or wrote, you, know, um, you know, not being tried and tested, and stick them in the show. So I was invited. I auditioned for Red Dwarf. I was up for Rimmer right. and didn't get it. I got down to the last three. And they were very honest about this. And Ed, by and Paul Jackson said anybody who doesn't get the main part they came up for will be in the show. Right. And they were loyal to that and I didn't have to audition. So they wanted a kind of it's not exactly a company, but a loose affiliation of people yeah. all knew each other. So I knew all the comedians because we, we rubbed shoulders on the on the comic strip circuit and other other gigs around london before anybody was particularly famous uh and so that's how it happened really well we'll get lee in and i did some warm-ups for these shows as well right. so you know there was, a, there was a bank of us that were you know you recognize a lot of people jenny and Dormer and the young ones and you know I don't, so there were we were all around and trusted to do the job so i i I'm, i don't remember whether i auditioned for bottom i don't think so but i'm right. right. I, I don't i don't remember but um it, it was it was all very relaxed, very come and join us. It wasn't it yeah. wasn't um uh, a, a, an unfamiliar setup because you you Ed By did loads of stuff, and Paul Jackson, knew and knew all the people in the show, you know, Aiden Eric yeah. and so on. So it was it had a kind of company feel to a certain extent. Yeah. So when you invite to do like filthy rich and cats cat was like, so, oh, we'll get Lee in or we'll get Arthur Smith in, we'll get you know, it was not it was not yeah uh, very lucky, very fortunate but that was
0: because it came through comedy and we were all doing it yeah yeah and and and, and you know we we've mentioned rick mayle a few times and rick mayle is an absolute hero of mine as he is uh-huh. most people I'll, I'll be honest i've only ever cried at the death of two celebrities and one of them was howard kendall who used to manage Everton uh-huh. and, and and the other one was, was rick right. mayle and c- can i ask just what was he everything that you i, I would expect but I don't know what you would expect,
1: <laughs> Frank. But um, Rick and Aid were yin and yang. I mean, the, the interesting thing is that Aid is such a calm, lovely yeah. person. And Rick, yeah, he's a bit manic sometimes and a, and a fantastic talent. I always tell, you know, I've just done an interview for UK Gold about nice. Bottom, which is coming out next year. Uh, and Aid's in it, of course, talking about Rick. You know, he's coming out and talking about Rick. And in the very early days of the comedy store, which was a complete bloody bear pit, don't think it was anything like <laughs> that. Anything that you see on telly or, or in clubs these days, it was really hot, hard, boring work, and you'd get heckled off and, you know, you didn't earn any money and it was lame, all that kind of stuff. But the people who just came on and just held the audience, you just knew they had it. And I I, I named them, and that's Rick Mayo, because he didn't always do stuff with aid. He did yeah. um, he did his own stuff, Vanessa, the poet thing. And uh, yeah. uh, Rick Mayo, Keith Allen and um, Alexis Sam, you know, just had it. Had that kind of uh, danger, and there was that danger about Rick when he did comedy. He liked being dangerous. I mean, good God, look what they did to each other. And as I said on this interview, that I what I admired m- m- most because I'm I'm quite I like clowning and visual comedy. Yeah. You know, verbal comedy is great, but visual comedy, people like Chris lineham and you know, are, are just. Uh, you know, like you know, my heroes, Max Wall and Lauren Hardy. Yeah. I mean, most of the comedians were saying this, and I admired his skill. When we did the, um, when I was doing the warm ups for uh, Bottom, you know, the stunts that they did together live were extraordinary. I mean, yeah. you'll see it on some of the interviews, and uh, well, it was shown on um, Graham Norton. He was on Graham Norton recently when they dropped down on the bed, and he said he and uh, Rick were sitting on the bed live in front of the audience. And they winded them. He dropped like 10 feet. I mean, incredibly dangerous. A car coming through. I remember, you know, because uh, Paul and Ed were great. They wouldn't show, they wouldn't tell the audience what was coming to really right. up the ante. And then Rick wanders in with his back on fire. He didn't get a stuntman to do it. You know, I thought he 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 went for it. Or oh, every take, every time. And, you know, bloody genius. And much, much missed. And yeah. was of so much more. Uh, yeah, very, very regretful. And in the end, very regretful and sad for his wife and his family, who were, yeah. you know, youngish. Uh, but then, you know, I, I was at Sean Locke's, you know, um, commemoration recently, and, and that he was taken too young. You know,
0: yeah, so. definitely.
1: Yeah, very, very sad.
0: Yeah, Definitely. And, and you were also, you appeared in the uh, three series of Black adder uh, yeah. at different times, and... I will
1: say, though, Neil, although the list looks as a pedigree, and, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, wow, lucky me. Yeah. They weren't, Yeah. They weren't big parts, you know. They were just. Yeah. But uh, I was delighted to do it, but but you know, yeah.
0: You, you know when you were playing, like. you played Private Fraser in Blackadder Goes Forth. Now, yeah. obviously, it wasn't the last episode, but was the atmosphere filming that series was it any different to anything else that you'd done at the time?
1: Well, well, you mean so you know because obviously the they, that it was going to finish.
0: Yeah, they, they all they all talk about the last episode of Blackadder Goes Forth being like really sad and somber because of the way. Ended up yeah like yeah that. well they died yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely. was the rest of the series like that like the episode yeah, that you oh, absolutely like that? no. no. Right. i mean I, I i was only
1: was in and out of one episode so i had no idea what was coming storylines because i right. wasn't, wasn't involved i'm not convinced that um many other people were really until it happened right. because i think the whole thing was to keep that you know a shock secret and it worked so uh no no i mean you bounced from series to series yeah the the, the the camaraderie and the trust between everybody got uh greater and greater so the performances were it was great fun i mean the thing I, I i used to love was the process i don't think they do it much anymore which is you go up to the north acton tower of um bbc rehearsal studios go to your floor on every other floor there is a show going you know maybe Doctor right. Who, because i did a doctor who there um in the early 80s, you know, and uh, and then you'd rehearse it and you'd, and do a table read, do the rehearsals, chat, meet people at the, uh, you know, for the um, canteen, then maybe a drink after and then, you know, get it right, get a producer's run or director's run, then go into the studio and then, you know, build up to a live audience recording on the Friday and then do the job, which was really exciting. Yeah, you know, quite tiring, but the yeah. whole event had this kind of head of steam building up to the show and like, then if you could get into the bbc bar into the bbc bar and get a bit pissed uh, <laughs> it, was, it was great you know there was this whole feeling of a of a unit and of a team doing a job you know even yeah. if you had to be part like me we're all part of the same thing so i never felt either um out of it i was always part of it even though i guess yeah. i know these guys i mean it's the um dr johnson one you know there was the robbie in it and he was just bloody hilarious Yeah. <laughs> I remember driving around acting in one of his big American cars, and yeah, you know, he's just
0: right. larger than
1: life. He's a yeah. Beast.
0: So with all these
1: wonderful people, I, yeah, you know, did very you, lucky me.
0: Did you ever get? Did you ever? Like, do you ever get starstruck
1: when um, you beat certain people? Like, well, but, but yeah. no. In, in all the people that you've mentioned, no, because I knew them before right. all of that yeah. happened. But I had my own heroes. So I did actually uh, go to see Max. I've seen Max Wall. He's gone, of course couple yeah, of times yeah. uh, doing his one-man show, because it's just hilarious, you know, the Wolofsky thing and all the rest of it. Quite an influence in some ways, quite surreal. And he was doing a play at the Royal Court with John Thorpe. Can't remember what it was, because he got <laughs> into acting, did Craps Last Take, the Beckett thing, and, uh, you know, it was, was rediscovered, because he was banned from the BBC for a while. Oh,
0: right. Okay. Oh,
1: no, he ran off... Well, he, you know, he was the first man to have a television series like his own show, The Max Ward Show, ever. Yeah. On British television, as far as I understand it, and then he, you know, he, he was with a girl and that and they that did for him really, and he uh, came back to notice when he was the support for Mot the hoople right? <laughs> and then people, were, who is this guy? Freddie Starr used to do an impression of him yeah. on the comedians, and I said, "Who's that?" And my mum said, "It's Max Wall." And then he came out, with, you know, then he was rediscovered. I mean, he's a bloody good actor. So yeah. I went to see him at the Royal Court, and my wife said. There's Max. He's sitting out there with people And I just found my feet walking towards him. I just had to meet Max. And yeah. I went over to him, pu- pushed him away, and said, excuse me, Max, I do a bit of comedy, and I have to say, you are uh, a fabulous influence on me. Uh-huh. Yes, darling, but it's not like it used to be. Thank you, sweet And that made one. Oh, Starstruck. Yeah, but for other people, uh, John Pilger, I remember, uh, Walking around just to shake his hand in a tube station because you know, a great man. Yeah. And Colin Jackson walking around with a rucksack on Charing Cross Station. And he obviously clocked me as I walked around now, the second time, wanting to meet him. Yeah, yeah. not the man what he did. And then went up to him, and he looked very, very oh, oh there's a nutter here, but um, <laughs> I was starstruck, you know, Colin. I, I mean, to New Crystal Palace, you know, fabulous. So yeah, go. I can get starstruck, but it, I wouldn't claim it was anybody of my contemporaries.
0: Right. I knew... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. So then, obviously, you know, you've mentioned then about getting the part of Mr. Hankin and being a science teacher obviously helped you, as you've already mentioned there. And you joined. So you joined. So the first time we saw Mr. Hankin was nineteen ninety, and so obviously you would have filmed it. In 89. Yeah.
1: 89,
0: yeah. Yeah, and the first time we see Mr. Hankin, he gets knocked into by kids in the car park. And, and the you know, books, Drops his books. And, and that sort of sets the tone for Mr. Hankin there. You know, he was, he was a bit quiet. Yeah, exactly stuff. that. Did, did did you have any say in that, or was that the way it was going to be?
1: Uh, no. The, the wonderful thing about doing a part in, a so proper as it was, is that after a while, it's kind of your part. It's Basically. not... Yeah, you know, and 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 the writers Simon Spencer was a wonderful writer, and sort of Simon Spencer who then became this kind of script editor. You know, they would write for Lee Corns playing Mister Hankin, not Mister Hankin and an act playing him. You know, yeah. So there was like little uh, uh habits that grew up, like you know the, the pushing of the glasses when he yeah. was so, <laughs> distressed, or and, and very very sweet natured, but not very good at discipline. And he's based on Mister Norbury. Who was my physics teacher at the Hastings Grammar School in the uh, late '60s? Who oh, we used to give him a merry old time. But what he was was really earnest, and you you almost felt sorry sorry for him because he was yeah. he wanted he just was so passionate about what he wanted to teach you that yeah. you know, you wouldn't go too far. Even though in um, a ripple tank we did put like uh, small frogs and tadpoles, and uh, also laughed when he broke a finger when a weight dropped on it and all that, oh. but you know, but he was a sweetheart, you know, and I kind of based it on him, you know, very well-intentioned and yeah. harmless, and one nice thing about the character is that I believe they occasionally did kind of surveys of, of kids who watched the show, what do you think about so-and-so-and-so, and I'm pleased to say as far as I understand, you know, he was a he was a popular one out there, because yeah. you know, and so, I mean, if they didn't like him I guess he'd have gone, you know right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> so it, it it was great. And so I did base it on Mr. Norby and but it did come in for a bit of stick. About six or seven years in, uh, there was this thing about, you know, science is cool, not nerdy. And I was mentioned in some I don't know, broadcasters, or the character was, of you know, the classic kind of uh weak, uh, not exactly absent minded, but you know, very, very nerdy, um featureless kind of white-coated uh, uh, science teacher. But you know, yeah. I mean, that, that, that past. I mean, I, by then I was stuck into the character. It's not as if they would have had to change me for somebody who had a. You know, no, <laughs> no,
0: I mean, the, the thing is with Mr. Ankin's character was, or, or the scenes that you were in. Uh, someone put on Twitter the other day, I read this. It was like the scenes that he were in, it, it seemed like you'd always got a mini science lesson on the program with Mr. Hankin, like he, he always did, he always did something, you know, whether it was, yeah. you know, the, the solar system or yeah. seeing if things were floating in water, but there was always something before someone came in, you know, something more dramatic happened. Yeah. I, and that didn't happen really with, with any other, I, I, you know, I've, I've struggled to think of any other teachers on the show where you actually got yeah you know, knowledge being imparted, you know, um,
1: well, of course, the, the classic thing with any school drama, whether it's featured in any film or drama or play, is that you know you go to the to the scene, and of course, because it can't be a whole forty minute lesson, you know, there's it, there's like a couple of minutes of the lesson, and then the bell rings, you know, yeah. and then it moves yeah. on. And I, I seem to think, and I don't think I'm mistaken, in sometimes saying, look, let me intro the scene with. A bit, of, right. a bit of science yeah. and then fill the ball with something you know but then it was the, the, the uh, writers were fully informed of of their uh you know the, the scene and what it required and so i didn't have to fill in much but um yeah i think uh, but a science lab has to look like a science lab and it's usually full of science scribble on the board you know yeah. so uh and then it was great it's a great community feeling and i you know the most professional people on the set were mostly the children you know right. Yeah. Well, out, yeah. Yeah. Great. And
0: and the thing about M- Mr. Hankin was um, he was quite often he was like used as like a vehicle for other storylines, you know, like so in his lesson, because as you said there, he didn't have the greatest discipline. So a lot of the kids would be talking in his lesson about the schemes or whatever they, they were going to be getting into. So it was like it was kind of used in that way, but also he did a lot of, he was unwittingly involved in a lot of the schemes that they got onto. So things like making Invisible Ink. Yeah, yeah, And then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then some, some of the lads nicked quite a bit because one of the lads was it, getting bullied into doing someone's homework. Yeah. So the, the lads got Invisible Ink for him so that he would write it, think it was done. And when it came to give the homework, it had gone typed it. And you know, oh, just, I mean, li- just little I things like know, that. Yeah. What I also liked as well was in, in, in your first series, which was a very bold move for Mr. Hankin, was to take some kids down to the canal. And you know, oh, uh,
1: that's right. yeah, was, just the
0: back. Uh, yeah. I was looking at that the other week and I think there's no way, yeah. man, no, that teacher taking all them kids to the canal. And thankfully, I
1: remember
0: that. yeah. No, no one fell in or got pushed in.
1: Because um, the storylines at that point were, yeah, that's coming back to me, were a very powerful storyline between Justine yeah. and the little lad. Sean Maguire. Sean Maguire, yeah, Sean Maguire. You know the story about him, yeah, little little Sean Maguire, yeah. was a fantastic actor. And I remember the canal scene was something to, so they could be yeah. back and do that. But um the story about Sean Maguire, because you know he was very integral in the series, and then didn't appear in the next series whenever it was. He did. Yeah. Well, he was <laughs> of Irish background, and he was a really good Irish dancer. Irish dancer, yeah. And he would win competitions, and basically. It was now Pinty. It was. He was, was getting so good, or you know, so recognised. It had to be. Is it going to be Irish dancing, or Grange Hill? And I think when they, when they went to speak to his parents, or whatever, uh, uh, which I quite like as a story, even if it's not true. And they were obviously BBC saying, well, of course, you, know, you can't. Uh, yeah, yeah. going to have to give up dancing or cut it back if he's if he expects to be on Grange Hill. And the parents were, no, he's going to do more dancing. but We're not worried about the. We're not worried about the TV show, and I think they were quite scratching their heads about that one uh, because they, you know. And then he moved yeah. on to do, and he's a lovely fella. You know? I mean, he, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, did you did you have any idea? Could you tell at that time, like, sort of how well he was going to do? Uh,
1: no, because firstly, he was. He really, I mean, the interesting thing about his friendship, platonic, with because they both had problems yeah. with Justine. I mean, she looked older for her age, yeah. and she's a good six inches tall. Yeah. <laughs> He was smaller, but he had that wonderful gravitas acting. He could act, you know. Yeah. He, 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 so it didn't look, and that, that's how it happened. What happens with kids, you know, it doesn't really matter yeah. if kids click, they click, and, yeah. and particularly and, if they're like the outsiders of a group. They they stick together no matter what. And that yeah. I always thought that was a really touching. Yeah.
0: Uh, it, it, it was. They, they were a great partnership. The pair of them were, were yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and, yeah. and did you know, you know, coming from a comedy background, did you know that he's in? Monty Python's meaning of life. He's in. Every sperm is sacred. Really? You know, all them kids, he's one of the hundreds of kids in that scene.
1: You know, that's really synchronous because at the moment, on a territory, I've got Michael Palin's diaries. <laughs> right. Python years. And he's talking about all all yeah. those years and what happened like this. You know, actually, yeah, Actually, you know, behind the scenes stuff. And so, I have no idea. How yeah,
0: he's in, he's in that. Okay, so then, Moving on a little bit, you know, sort to of like towards your next year. The, the thing I liked about Mr. Hankin, you, you know, you never knew what you were going to get with Mister Hankin, and there was a thing where, for some reason, there was a radio-controlled car day in, in the school. Right. God, um, geez, it's going back now. That is a great
1: day. Was,
0: yeah. And then uh, you know, it all this led to Mrs. Mun- Mrs. Munroe Mun- by the way. Yeah, and Anna, Anna quail, another uh, absolute legend.
1: I, I bloody honestly, we were good for very, very good friends. She's gone now, sadly. Yeah. She, yeah. She was such a sweetheart. And look what she'd been in the past, exactly, she, yeah. She was so completely modest and humble and great at what she did. Yeah, I was honestly lucky to work a with lot.
0: Her. A lot of your stuff was with it, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, a lot of your mm-hmm. scenes were with it, um, and then. That asked uh, she asked enlisted Mr. Hankin to help with the school environment project, yeah. Uh, which then led to scenes with George A. Cooper, Mr. Griffiths, oh, uh, yes, another, yes. another oh, yeah. legend there. Uh, yeah. when you think about some of the, the actors that Grangeal had. Well, I,
1: I tell you who, who I, I think of most, and I don't think I'm mistaken. You see him everywhere now, Eddie Marsan. Yeah. I'm sure he was in. There. <laughs> yeah. He yeah, was, yeah. I remember him as as yeah, like a dad or something. He was and a he brother.
0: A brother, he was, yeah. A brother, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And he came in, he came in, sweetheart, and a very, very a uh, character actor, you know, because yeah. you know he's not a, not a, like a leading man thing. But look what he's done. And he's like, I saw him only something was it last night? Uh, about I don't know financial film. It, it was a it was a strange film about uh, he's this hard. He's like geckos, Gordon Gekko. All yeah. oh, you know, right, science. yeah. And he's just good. He's just good. Yeah, he's really he's good. America and he's got all this stuff, yeah. you know. And there's so many other people uh, that you know, probably came in. I never really recognized and got you know, uh-huh. time, and not have gone on to do great stuff. Yeah. So yeah. there's a bit of a breeding ground
0: of, uh, of definitely, definitely. Yeah. And then the the big the big sort of story in in, in 1991. There was a few, a few, There was obviously the Brian Shaw leukemia. Story and yeah. um, Chrissy Mannering pregnancy, and obviously, massive stories in a kids' TV program yeah. to be handling. But the big thing there was it uh, Mrs. McCluskey leaving, and just uh, what an absolute legend! And, and what a woman, uh, Gwyneth yeah. Powell, was she? Just I, I didn't know her that well. And um, I interviewed her on the air, and, and we stayed in touch afterwards. And, and she's so missed. Just, just.
1: Oh, absolutely! And the thing is, with with uh, with Gwyneth is that what you saw is what you got. You know, yeah. she she was like constant. You knew that there could be people getting flappy because the seams were overrunning, or kids were being a bit naughty, or or something was not going right, and there's a pressure because you know you have to get this stuff out. It's not it yeah, take time. But I mean, she was utterly unflappable. And just got on with it and was on a mark, you know, you could rely on it. Like, wonderful, a good friend of mine in the show was Stuart Organ. Have you spoken to
0: him? No, 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 not spoken to Stuart, yes, no.
1: Yeah, wonderful man. Same thing. An actor of many, of a good year standing, done theatre. I mean, I've done, I can crawled in the back door through comedy. These guys, I mean, Anna and Gwyneth and Stuart have done theatre and they know their trade. Yeah. They're always always reliable and fun to be with, well, you know. Um, yeah.
0: least, uh, you know we, we were good mates at the time. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And then th- there's, there's one scene and, and you probably won't remember this but I have to talk about this because well, there's a scene where some of the older lads had smuggled a lad into school who they'd met on the trip to Dartmoor. Right? And Mr Hargreaves was talking uh, to the to, to Mr. Hankin about him saying, you know, or, or talking to the lads saying, who's who's that boy over there? Now the only reason I brought this up because in the mm-hmm. in the background, the choir was singing Johnny Todd, or as it's better known, the theme tune to Zed Cars. <laughs> um, now, as an Everton fan, I know, mate. It's still that it's that, still o- that that automatically. Makes it one of Grangel's greatest ever scenes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and, and you must think you, you, it must be great for you being in one of Grangel's greatest ever scenes. <laughs> yeah, I, remember, I remember
1: watching Z cars, man. You know, uh, oh, yeah, I love old Z cars. Brilliant. <laughs> you know, oh, that's brilliant. There's something in it for everyone, isn't
0: Definitely, it? definitely, yeah. So then, you know, uh, like, like I said to you before we started the interview, and, and People who listen to this will know I normally go through everything that you're involved with. But as I say because you weren't on the program for so long, and I will mention at the end how many episodes uh, you've got listed down. It, it it would take it would be a series of podcasts if we were to do that. Um, so we just talk a few little bits. Um, and yeah. Mr. Hankin did sort of start gaining a bit more respect and a bit more authority as the the, the years went on. And he was talking to a uh, Miss Janowitz, one of the American teachers who. Featured in in Grange Hill every now and again, and he said that in his first year, he, the kids thought that they could eat him alive, and they were right. <laughs> but now he goes down fighting, and they they did seem to be sort of less messing about. Whenever there was that bit where you where you were shown teaching, it was always dead quiet, and it was only when they went to do off their own thing that it sort of all helped, sort of broke loose.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I I think the, the... Key thing you must remember well, you don't need even is that it's a show about the teenagers, yeah. it's not a show about the adults. Yeah. The adults can bring and interact with the storylines, but it's about the students, and it's exactly right. You know, okay, they're the kind of off state problems with the adults and their own little stories, yeah. but they're all snippets, quite rightly. You facilitated the stories that were important to the show and and the children of that age, you know, variously. So the the idea that it was a disruptive lesson would be realistic, but would add to what the story's about. It would only add to what the story's about if the kid who's being out of order, his problem
0: is then explored. If I can just interrupt at this point. During the recording of this episode, there was a problem with my internet connection, which means part of the interview is missing something I wasn't aware of until I came to edit it. At this point of the interview, Lee Corns was explaining that while he was in Grange Hill, he was also working as a supply teacher and how he was nothing like Mr. Hankin.
1: At uh, five o'clock or well, whatever it is in the in the evening, the, these kids are watching me in a white coat in a science lab. Uh-huh. on And the next day, they walk into a science lab to see me, because I look pretty similar with glasses, yeah. with a white coat, in the science lab. And for some of the kids, it was, it was, um, it was a mind, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, it was, in fact, for the less able kids, there was no, no word of a lie. In two instances, one of which kid was just, he could not get his head around. He says, you, it was you on the telly, wasn't it last night? So and, yeah. He said, we're we, we on telly now. He couldn't work out. And then another kid got really upset when he came. He so I, I went home. On. I said, that is the man you see on television. He's teaching us. In, in you know, in, in school, you know, in our school, and I got a clip around the end. He said, Stop telling lies Why would he do that? <laughs> because obviously people think you earn lots of money, and it was quite yeah. funny. But the thing is, after a while, in the, the kind of glamour, such as it is, of which there is none in a school, kids are kids, so you know, you go in there's and graces, you, they'll yeah. cut you down. So, and anyway, I'm, I was only ever employed in school to teach, not to be Mr. Angie. Yeah, did teach, it was quite separate, and I was quite tough, you know. Because yeah. as a supply teacher, you've you've got to really cut it quickly. But um there was one incident where this big lad who was causing a bit of trouble in class, and he was old and he, he saw me walking down the corridor. This is in a real school, and he opens the door and says, Oh, sir, saw you on telly last night. And I started smiling, and I said, Oh, what do you think? And he went, All right. And and walked through and slammed the door so I couldn't go through. I thought, Yeah, great, you know. <laughs> don't do fool for it. But um, one of the best stories about another teacher, and he has unfortunately passed. It's um, uh, the guy who played the gay teacher, Adam. Uh, yeah, Adam Ray. Yeah, Adam. Mr. Brisley. Yeah, he was a, the loveliest man ever. Met. And we, we, a little group of us were very, very great friends. And I'm sure this is allowed to go out because it did happen. Okay. He told the story. And it was his first big uh, TV part. And he was rightly proud of it. You know, it yeah. was a big issue a gay teacher yeah. known in the school and all the attendant problems. And yeah, it caused a bit of a fuss. But he, was, he did a great job. But when he uh, was walking down the road, when it was broadcast to um, uh, Hackney somewhere, and there were these group of lads and they were sitting on a, a wall and he could see they were whispering and pointing at him. And he, he obviously realised he'd been recognised from the telly. And yeah. he said he puffed up a bit and he was like, oh, great, this is kind yeah. of OK. And they didn't say anything. And as he walked past, they went, da 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 poof. <laughs> like, don't, uh, don't think you've got... He, he, he had to laugh at that. <laughs> yeah, true story. The dear, dear past Adam.
0: Oh, brilliant, brilliant! And then I mentioned earlier about Chrissy Mandering's pregnancy, and Mister Hankin had a, a, a small part in that when Chrissy went into labour, and the first teacher that the that, that anyone saw was Mister Hankin, and he, <laughs> he and he went in and classic Mister Hankin trying to calm Chrissy down. But telling her what was happening scientifically.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which is I mean, the great thing with that character, they could unload a bit of comedy. I mean, I think that's the other thing with the character. He was quite amusing, whereas a lot of the other teachers dead serious. You know, there was not much opportunity in the scripts to uh, wiggle room for out and out comedy. But with without Hankin you could get a bit of a smile. Yeah. A bit inept in certain situations, yeah.
0: Especially when uh, like he ended he up going to the hospital with Chrissy, and the nurse assumed that Mr. Hankin was, oh. the, was the father of the baby. And, you, and he did that thing with you, the, the panic again and the, the raising yeah. of the glasses.
1: I'm sort of embarrassed to heck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what was nice is that, you know, I, I wasn't in many show, uh, of a series of 20 per year. I probably in. 9, 10, 11, maybe 12, and quite small scenes, obviously, because you only dropped in when it facilitated yeah. the good storylines, whether Stuart and and um, Gwyneth and others had, had a bigger roles in their parts, and that was absolutely fine. But towards the end, um, I was given storylines directly. You know, there was the uh, testicular cancer one, yeah. was which was brought about by, oh, forgive me, I can't remember the name, but she, had, one of the teachers, oh, this is terrible, uh, oh. whose friend, uh, his, I think her, her nephew died from testicular right. cancer and she said this should be in the show uh-huh. you know, it should, be, it should be addressed, young men and of course they put it, gave it to my character to go through, has he got testicular cancer and then there was a lad who then comes yeah. to, because I talk about it in the classroom because yeah. I think I've got it and then he comes and he thinks he's got it and, it, and it's all uh, explained and talked about and it was, yeah, I mean that powerful stuff and, and absolutely necessary. And that was the function of Brain Yes, yeah, definitely. It was addressing issues that um, were very important, you know, to, yeah. to kids. And real, li- and, and, and real life as, as much as it could be. You know, it got yeah. into a lot of trouble from it. You know, prior to me coming, there was all the drug scenes and uh-huh. and then pregnancies. And uh, one nice one, though, I think it was almost for my benefit. And also, I can't remember this girl's name, but uh, she wanted to be a stand-up comedian. And So there's a stand up comedian thread, and I I did a bit of stand up act,
0: yeah, that was all um, was quite
1: nice. And you got out in the classroom and you're out in the club, you know, and all that, so that was nice. And then there was the um, of course, the Danny one, the, the bullying thing, which yeah. was
0: wow, wow, that was so cool. we, we'll we'll talk about that now because obviously, as, as we've said earlier on, Mr. Ankin initially was there, sort of as I said, be early, like a vehicle for for other things that were going on in the yeah. school. And and there was, and you, and you said that, you know, there was times when the teachers didn't, the teachers would get a storyline. But you never had one until like, you, you your, your first sort of real major one. You had one earlier on where they, the girls had written a fake love letter and it was meant to be for, no, for Mr. Brisley, but it ended up with, yeah. in you because they thought his name, was Jeff and he didn't know how to handle it and on all, all that. You know, what, it's
1: brilliant. It's brilliant you mentioned this because it's coming back. I hadn't thought about it until they, I don't show them. And I no. them. Yeah, um, it brings a smile to my face because yeah, great stuff. And again, yeah, and a bit just, of comedy on old Hankin, because he, he's you know
0: And, and he's there was a bit powerful. with um, there was the bit with Darren Clark had, had found yeah. a rabbits as well that he, he found the rabbits and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he he went to Mister Hankin with that and so whereas there'd been the donkey in the shed storyline all them years ago we had the rabbit in the hutch <laughs> storyline um, and so there was that but then the, the big the big storyline you fit like if you you your major storyline was the bullying one and that was series twenty four yeah two thousand and one and you appeared in every episode Nazi yeah,
1: because that was that was a really a, a, a very intricate storyline. Because I thought I'd got it wrong. I thought the guy bullying me was yeah. um I can't remember his name. Not that da- Danny was it. it was, but, that, no, it was Danny. You thought
0: Danny. You thought Danny, thought Danny, had Danny was bullying. But
1: it was the other lad who yeah. was manipulating A real
0: evil little bastard, yeah, you know. Was, <laughs>
1: and that got really t- yeah. It was it was.
0: So did they wow. come? To, did they come to you then and say, "This is what we're going to do," or did you go to them and say, "Is there any chance of?" Being no, I, order? I,
1: I, I never say what about. I right. mean, I, I'm really embarrassed not to remember the name, but she did go and say, "I think the storyline should be about teenage yeah. girls or male testicular cancer," uh-huh. uh, and but she wasn't demanding for herself. Quite the reverse, you know, she wasn't. Yeah. Even, in the end, it was to just as as a plot line to, yeah. you know, uh, let's get this talked about. Uh, no, I would never, never, ever. I mean, don't forget, it wasn't all year. So Grandchill was, uh, they kept sh- shortening the period of, of filming, you uh-huh. know, going from like, end up like most stuff these days, rehearse, record, which is why I go back to Bottom and, and all those series of the 80s, the stand-up, uh, the um comedies where, you know, you'd rehearse for a week and then get into the studio and then. An audience, but this was you know, it got down to virtually rehearsed record, so um, you know, you never really uh got to grips with a lot of the storylines you didn't bit and you, yeah. you you went and did it, you know. Uh, so what was I trying to say, but um, no, that that was that was a very intricate and uh, interesting storyline, but I'd never never right. go and say, Oh, what about me? Yeah, because there, there was there was a character in the show who who, who got a bit grumpy, yeah. Uh, reasons and right. other reasons too and um lo and behold he didn't turn up after right. okay.
0: so okay. um you yeah. know
1: and people came and went i, I there was no so yes yeah, so it was only done for a few months a year so i was doing all the other i was either in a school doing stand-up or i used to be in a four-man show called the wow show and we'd do tour or i mean you know i was always busy yeah. in the wow show and and hill was a happy section of, of yeah. that working year um, so, when I got a lot to do in it, I was, uh, yeah, I was, yeah, I mean, I never, I never demanded it, you know, never demanded
0: it. That, that storyline, you know, it, it starts off sort of fairly innocuous as well. And yeah. it was like there was a the bit of fire in the school. So, when they got gone out to do the fire drill, that uh, Kieran, it was Kieran Osborne or Aussie, as, oh, yes, as, yes, yes, as, yes. as they called him. <laughs> um, he he went back in and he wasn't very nice, and he was looking through stuff, and then he got caught in the fire. And Mr. Hankin sort of apologized to him about for leaving him in the fire, but when he had no reason to really, because he had been outside and then he'd gone back in when he thought there was no one around. Yeah, and... I remember
1: now because yeah, he, he smalmed, uh Hankin. He was always like a yeah. chump and Hankin never realised he's the evil back I mean, behind and, it.
0: And the unusual thing about that storyline is that it, the villain was revealed really early on. Like, yeah. normally you would keep that going so that everyone, everyone else would think that it was yeah. Danny as well. Yeah. But yeah, it was it for... really clever yeah. that they revealed but, the villain dead early on and Hankin didn't know.
1: But one of the uh, key points of that which was when it you know, was escalating the uh-huh. bullying
0: and you know it was it
1: was getting to Hank him you know he, yeah. was, he wasn't able to uh handle it very well and all the rest of it because he he didn't know what to do uh but there was a scene where he was in his house yeah. and and they put these little like laughing little yeah. uh wind up <laughs> and I have to say it, yeah of, of all any scene I ever did in Graville that was quite tricky because yeah, I had to act actually terrifying by little things going, yeah. but you know it was but by the but that time he was he was you know he was basically yeah. cracking up by that stage. So yeah, Um I always felt well, did it look realistic? did because uh-huh. it, it didn't it didn't yeah. If you just seen that scene, you said, "What's that man so scared about?" But of course, there was this massive. A snowballing storyline, and yeah. both of those lads who did it uh, were were brilliant. brilliant. You know? Yeah, brilliant. Uh, yeah, and because it could—I mean, teachers do get bullied. You know, I've I've had it in schools when you know we've been hit or whatever, <laughs> and, and you know you're 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 very wary of certain kids because you don't know what they're going to do. And I've also no. worked with special needs kids as well as well as EVDSD. You know, uh, yeah. most so you know you, you don't have it all your own way even physically sometimes. Exactly. And there's a lot of assaults on teachers generally. You know, they're just yeah. saying the Uh, And you know, it's a a worrying not trend necessarily, but it is a feature, can be a feature in some schools that teachers are bullied. In fact, I remember seeing at my old grammar school talking about like Mr. Norbury, the physics Uh teacher, was liked even though he was soft and you can you know mess him about. But there was one teacher who came in and he looked a bit like John Cleese, he was he was over six foot. And I remember, and I was in the sixth one at the time, and these were like second or third years, these are now smallish. 13 year old kids huh. and they were like pushing him and he didn't know and he was like a frightened person up against the wall and i just thought how can how can he let that happen yeah and anyway yeah. he eventually left because he couldn't do the job because yeah. he, he was inti- he was allowed himself to, to or his personality was insufficient to resist intimidation because that goes on you know in in many ways in schools so hankin was showing all that intimidation yeah going on it, yeah
0: it was it, it, it it's, it's it's really really good I think that, that whole line, yeah, the whole storyline the it way was. so and as you've said there you know the lads who played Danny and, and, and Ozzy were, were brilliant and, as I, and say, I was very it,
1: flat yeah I was very flattered to be asked to to be the character uh-huh. that was yeah. particular cancer yeah you know the, yeah. The, the big plus yeah rather than just your nerdy science teacher you know you could you could play with that and uh it wasn't funny you know it wasn't. Yeah yeah so hanging at that point that was yeah. the
0: thing as well as that storyline going on there was also as you just said the cancer, but there was also and you mentioned it earlier on the uh, the stand-up comedy yeah as nice well to touched so you know life imitating art for you there yes. Um, yes. and but also you got Kelly Bradshaw, Kate Bell got involved yeah. in that as well and and I believe Kate Bell does from those, some
1: it, was oh, yeah. it, it was i think because Kay also wanted to did do a yeah. bit of stand-up Maybe they they put that into the show and thought well i mean not because i could do stand-up because it wasn't very i didn't do much and also it's not stand-up it's it's acting on the stage while they're filming you you know yeah. but um they, they gave it to me and uh I was delighted with that. Yeah,
0: she's she's good. You know, and when, cycles, yeah, she when you're when you because there was a little bit we see a little bit of a routine from Mr. Hankin in yeah. a comedy club. Um, and mine. Yeah. I,
1: I, I know. I I I did. The, I did some of my Great. Right. Yeah, I was, was going to say,
0: did you did you did you have any ages to just automatically go into? <laughs> like sort of you mean?
1: No, I said I'll 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 do some stuff which is not. Because uh, why would they need to write? For me it might not um yeah work. and i, I it, not that my stuff had to work but i just did right. a few um but also a bit nervous when you had to play this a bit nervous i can't i mean there were some very old jokes you know um,
0: yeah i mean I, I think one of them was um uh, was it, I, uh i wrote a couple of them down actually um the, ac- the action man deserter was one you know oh, you that know. was given to me. <laughs> right and, that,
1: that was written by
0: them yeah the, and, yeah. and the lobster going into the bar. Oh right, yeah,
1: <laughs> that yeah one they're one, all but
0: one. Yeah yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, They're all a bit feeble because he was trying. Yeah, you
0: know, he wasn't very well, good. I, but yeah. I suppose he had to be as well, because you know, because you weren't just being you. You weren't being Lee Corns, where you would be. No, that Mr. would look so <laughs> that, that
1: would look so strange. Because hey, everybody, where, 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 where's that come from?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so then obviously we have said about the the main sort of storyline there with Danny and Kieran, and then it all it all came to a head where Kieran had had, had nicked a couple of the files because he got Mister Hankins' keys. So we yeah. had he had Danny Hartson's file, he had Mister Hankins' file, and he was keeping them in the basements, and the basements had become out of bounds because it was unsafe. And at the yeah. same time, there was some of the kids that had been a. A refugee, you know, a girl from like a political refugee. uh, And she was hiding down there. And it all sort of came to a head when Danny was following Ozzy down there and then Mr. 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 Hankin followed them down there. And there was a big fight between the two of them. And then, then it all collapsed. Yes. On them now. Was there oh, I,
1: no! You're right because it collapsed on me. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah of was, course, of course, it did. Was there yeah. was, was there much in the way of health and safety going on by this point in <laughs> 2000?
1: Well, it, it was a set. Like now you mentioned, wow, I have not thought of that phrase. But now you mentioned because it was quite a tricky scene to to film. I remember it was a really hot day because most of it was filmed in summerish ish yeah. and it was really hot. And of course, you just had to stay under this dusty uh, faux rubble. For our it was it was quite so, intense. Was, so I remember it, it was very
0: very intense that, that yeah, series. I can imagine it was. when the scene went out, it was Danny was fully trapped under yeah. the, the rubble and whatever. Kieran and Mister Hankin could could move about, and they all because the, they were all trapped. The three of them all seemed to forget everything, That's and they all had to funny. get on with each other then and 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 start yeah. figuring it out. And Mister Hankin wanted to have a cigarette and talked about how much he'd given up. You know, he'd, he used to be a smoker and he'd given up and, and Danny had talked about how his dad had died from lung cancer. Right, so yeah. he'd always so whenever Mr. Hankin had seen him with cigarettes, he'd always taken them off the younger kids. Because right. his dad had died from lung cancer, he didn't yeah. want anyone else getting Well, of like course, that.
1: yeah, one of the storylines, I don't know where it came after that because of that one before, but I remember there was a big scene uh where i have the it was obviously a mock-up but but a healthy lung and a yeah. uh, cancerous lung yeah. and it's quite a long i know mean, it's one of a reasonably long speech for a teacher because yeah. it was instruction this is and the kids Uh, come down here and he it actually was actually a lesson on screen which yeah. was all scripted but yeah about lung cancer so yeah it was in desperate straits if <laughs> <I can't laughs> it's there, it's dying for a fag yeah no that was really intense you know, now you bring it back to me that was a very intense set of scenes that
0: yeah it was so ooh, yeah
1: so how, how of long of...
0: would that scene have talked to film and then the one when you were uh, in 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 the bubbleland
1: well there's several scenes and uh, it, it was over a couple of days i don't right. think it was all in one day i don't think I mean, I, I, I hesitate, I may be wrong, but I just remember it was so claustrophobic, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it had to look like that, and indeed it was. And it was hot and really, I remember it's been really sweaty and been relieved to get out of it. And of course, the acting was quite psychologically intense yeah. as well. So yeah. so, yeah, from Mr. Nerdy Hankin, he's gone the whole arc of character of being this uh, fully formed adult yeah. who's uh, undergoing trauma and crisis in his own life. Yeah. Um... So, I'm very grateful for that.
0: And a good and a good thing was when Miss Hankin was talking about having a cigarette while he was down there. It was then it was Aussie who'd been putting him through all that trauma yeah. and realized that there was a gas leak, so stopped it mm-hmm. like that. And then Ozzy managed to get get out. He, he battered his way through a door, and you yeah. see Ozzy walking out, and you think, is he actually going to come back, That's or, right. or is he going to leave them there? He'll and and Mister yeah. Hankin actually says that, and he does. The, the fire brigade and the emergency services all all up.
1: What a great climax! What a brilliant writing! Because we hate yeah. him, uh, but is he going to let them But yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, brilliant. And brilliant. He took, the next day he comes back and everyone you know thinks that he's a big hero, yeah. until Mister Hankin and Danny turn up at the school and actually go back and say what's happened. And Aussie then says to Mister Robson, writes, okay. If you keep if you don't if you keep the police out of this." I'll tell you what's happened because there'd been a thing with Ofsted and the Ofsted inspector was a bit corrupt, Mr. Forbes. Oh, Um, yes, yes. So there'd been a thing where he had, Ozzy had him on CCTV footage of him taking donations to this fella who'd been getting bans into schools and stuff like that. So basically, he said, I've got the video. He went through it all, but the policewoman was outside the room and heard Ozzy. And so he was actually, he was arrested for blackmail in the end,
1: yeah, yeah he, he could ne- <laughs> yeah, he could never have got away with it. No, in, no, in, in the drama, but what a character he had. I yeah. mean, you know, I actually think about it, it's like I can't think of an uh, a teenager in a in Grange Hill who had basically to play an adult. I mean, that was yeah. adult behavior, yeah, you know, an actual evil bastard who's planned and yeah. you know, and I, I'm not sure we went into why he was like Ozzy was like he was, you know, yeah, we learned about Danny and it's uh, but he was just this. You know, cypher for a nasty, yeah. dangerous piece of work, uh, who then just had enough of a conscience to. But then he twisted, as you say, he kind of got the uh, fire uh, brigade in, but yeah. he was still trying to wriggle his way out of it yeah. by Blackman, you know? He was so a he fantastic did. character, and what a joy to be yeah. you know, part then, of it. And what, what you do. doing, he was great. You know? yeah.
0: And, and was on, on, on through all that, because no one was believing Mr. Hank, he offered his resignation in, but yeah. with withdrew it when. It all came out what had happened, and then
1: I remember when I read the script, uh, resignation. Now I hope I hope
0: that's not accepted. <laughs> I
1: still want to be on this show, you know.
0: And then, so then the last series that you were in, yeah, was series twenty-five, uh, two thousand and two, and it was the last one that was filmed in in L London. Street. Yeah, and you didn't actually appear in that until episode five because obviously Mr Hankin had had an extended break because of everything that had gone on but was there any other reason behind that or was that just the way the script had, had said that
1: uh, I don't remember because uh, you know the script's are all written and ready to go be- well before obviously the actors turn yeah. up so I, if I wanted to absent myself I would have had to have told them way early you know right. like the, almost a year months before and I don't I couldn't think of any reason why I would need to do that other than it's possible. It's because the filming was, you used to go to the take the wow show, this four man comedy group to the Edinburgh festival. Right. But no, I don't think so. I mean, I wasn't, there were times when I was hardly in any episodes for a whole series. And, you know, you just accept that. So no, I don't think there were. I didn't say I'm not available at all. Right. They, they left that hanging. Maybe it was because to give the audience a breather from, you know, I carried a, a massive yeah. story. Plan. Now move on, and then he comes yeah, back.
0: Yeah, because there wasn't really any sort of big storyline for Mister Hankin in that series, and the biggest storyline, obviously, was the fire at the end. And was that supposed to that was supposed to be Green Jill completely finished? Then wasn't it? From what I heard, like, well, that was that, the, was that was going to be it.
1: No, well, what I heard was that it's all to do with uh, Brookside, right. Now, Brookside, you know, it's old um, Phil Redman stayed yeah. up in uh, it was, it was Liverpool, isn't it? No, yeah, yeah. Liverpool, yeah. Oh, Liverpool. Don't
0: say it's and Manchester.
1: Liverpool. Oh, I know. Please. Sorry. All, so edit that out, mate. Edit that out. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, God. Yeah. Of course so um, he uh, and so there was a load of facilities available uh-huh. and apparently he'd always wanted to get it up to. Out of London, and so now I believe that it was a convenient thing, like an uh-huh. Emmerdale plane crash, action, to get rid of it,
0: right. to get rid
1: of the staff, and the uh, and of course the next series. Guess what? There's only two of the teachers who turn up: yeah. Stuart Organs, Mr. Robson, uh, and, and all the kids suddenly have Liverpool accents. Yeah. <laughs> no, so so, so I, I believe it was just to take it back because now there was facilities. Uh, uh, available up there because Brookside got now. I know Brookside was an, act, an actual cul de sac, but oh. either there was money or whatever. Uh, that's the story I heard, whether it's Thanks. true or not. But I don't, I never heard that it was gonna because we, no, I don't think anybody thought that's the end of Grange. Oh. We all thought, oh, go, going up to Liverpool, don't fancy that. And I remember Stuart saying he went up for a couple of seats and said, well, you know, it was, it was not the same, of course yeah. it was. No. And in fact, my character. I know uh, went up with in flames in the fire it was never really exciting.
0: no it was it's it's weird because when you watch it they don't really talk yeah. about it but that's what you so think he, happened to Mr Hankin you yeah. think so he can come back yeah <laughs> but you think he went in the fire and do
1: it I because th- I seem to remember he went back in
0: right yes something and then yeah
1: that was that but there was no big oh what well, I think it was quietly wanting to just uh, literally wipe the slate clean right. start again without too much yeah. overlap oh what happened to and you know, just just forget it and move on. Yeah. Literally turn the page from London to Liverpool and you know, and in a sense that is the right thing to do, because otherwise it would get messy, all the overlaps and start again. And then then that lasted for uh, I don't know how many series
0: and it's know, about so seven long. seven seven series, I think after like, that. I think there's six or seven anyway.
1: But okay. it was a slightly different show though. It was well, yeah. the few I saw, it was it was it was less rough edged and more pretty, you know. But then, yeah.
0: Okay, oh, so you were in 153 episodes of Grange, according to IMDb. I am, um, and as I say, I know it's not the most reliable, and that puts you third on the all time uh, appearance oh, list.
1: Wow, Stuart
0: must be second. Stuart's number one,
1: even number one, of course. He's. And then Gwyneth is number two. Gwyneth's number two, yeah. And then, yeah, Stuart. Stuart's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, of course it's Stuart because he started off as a, I mean, you look back, I mean, you just see his age, but I mean, he was (laughs) a young, uh, sexy PE teacher in the, uh, uh, well, before I joined the course, which is later 80s, and then all the way through till he became deputy head. Then yeah. He went up to Liverpool, and then that was the end of that. I mean, he, he had a, career, a proper teaching career. And, of course, the other, the other nice thing with uh Grey and Children, in, in a way which is unique to that kind of show, uh, children's television, uh, to any other show, is that you see the people you're acting with growing up. You know, yeah. you, next year, yeah. you'd go, high, and they're growing up. It's nice to see them yeah. grow up, you know, and, and them change as people, which was always good because, yeah, the, the kids were growing kids yeah. up. Yeah, uh, and, and very.
0: And how did you find the relationship between the kids and the adults? Well,
1: uh, great, yeah. I mean, some adults were a bit di- distant, I suppose. But right. then it is a job. Um, there wasn't that much interaction because you know if we weren't needed, don't forget, it dropped in for a couple of scenes and dropped out. Whereas a lot of the kids had to be there and then talked and you know, chaperoned away and all the rest of it. Uh-huh. So there wasn't much. Yeah, the staff hung around together, but there wasn't much interaction socially with the kids. Obviously, they, they didn't go to the bar, and they had their time to to uh, then clear off when they've done their designated hours. They're on set waiting and rehearsing. Yeah, I mean, no, i go gone with everybody. with because I'm also teaching You, know, you kind of yeah <laughs> yeah. No and team, and, and, not,
0: and, not and we it. we've talked about the fact that you you know Mr. Hankin went off in in with, with the with the school. So how did you feel about having to leave?
1: Well, uh, the thing was with that is that it was only ever a yearly contract. Right. So I, I, I remember, I can't speak to the
0: others.
1: The series would come to an end of one year filming. Yeah. No one would necessarily say, "Let's have you next year." Until I mean, one one time it was like, "Oh well, maybe that's it." And I, and whilst I steeled myself for it, I wasn't totally dependent on Grain Cheer. Yeah. Because I was doing other stuff, and all you know, as an actor, you, you you're prepared for the worst. You just are. Otherwise, you're gonna you know, be a wreck. And, you know, it was in a queue, and I forget the um, producer said, So, Lee, are you available for next? Yes. <laughs> yes. Liz. Yeah. Unexpectedly available. So it was a bit, it, it seemed casual, but they had the right at any time to say, Well, that's that, mate. And there's yeah. some actors they, you know, they'd let go. Um, so, who had yeah. running series? Uh, so I was lucky.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so just talk a bit uh, about a few things that you did sort of alongside Grangell, if that's okay. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about was you did a programme for Screen One called Performance, where you played Marty Feldman.
1: Ah, yes. no, that I'll tell you what that was. That was a great job in nineteen seventy and again that's in Palin's book. Only recently right, well. The Oz Triumph. Now the yeah. those of the people out there that don't know, Richard Neville, an Australian guy with a counterculture publication called Oz, you know, it was all very hippie, all very um uh-huh. risky and um of oh, its time. And then they decided to him and the management to have um uh, uh, the school kids issue. In other words, it was produced by the school children. Now, a lot of the stuff that was in it could be presumed as like it was quite sexual and the rest of it. And it caused a bloody outrage. People didn't realise it was actually produced by the school kids, and they were of an age. They weren't children, yeah. they were teenagers. And they were brought to trial, an obscenity trial. And it was a massive thing. Yeah, and he was uh he and two others, I can't remember the names, were convicted and head shaved. And put in jail. But there was such an enormous protest that in fact they were eventually released. But it was it was shocking. And that trial was a big thing. And I forget the um uh famous lawyer who who defended them. And and so it was it was a very moral issue, it was it should never have come to court. But they needed people to say what this was really about, the magazine. And at the time, Marty Feldman was the biggest star on television he had his own show he was one of the biggest um, comedy stars you know a lot of famous people wrote for him you know and pleased did i think and, and all the pythons one uh, time or another or some of them and um so uh Marty Filman came on and to say look it's comedy you know you there's no you, you don't get it as a, as a kind of a reference but the trouble is he got so nervous and he was he spoke so quickly he could, he, he didn't do any good for the case great. at all so when they did an edited version of this trial, and they were all like, Hugh Grant played Richard Neville. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the great the good were there. Um, it's a massive cast. I was looking at it before. Oh, the, yes, Simon. The cast Callow, is all real. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah uh, I mean, I can't think of who else. And then, so I got called in for this audition, and these two guys said, Lee, um, we want you to play, yeah, you know, wouldn't mind you, we know your comedy stuff, uh, Great stuff, We would we'd like you to play. Think about playing Marty Feldman. It's not because you might look like him, <laughs> really. I said, "Sod that, mate. I'll take it." Yeah. <laughs> don't, you, don't you worry about that. <laughs> and I was very lucky because I looked a bit like him, and you know, did the script. But I had to do like a page of stuff really quickly, and of course, it was it didn't do there. Their um, cause any good at all, but the, the interesting thing about that st- story, it kind of just segue a bit so obviously, it's in the 70s, uh, it was set, and uh, they dressed me up to look very much like Marty Filmer. With he had like a gingery curly wig and a, and a denim patch suit, okay, it was made up. So I was, I was walking uh, downstairs of the BBC TV center, and this woman came down, looked at me, looked at me, and oh my god, literally like that. She used to. Dress, Marty Feldman, wow. and she thought I was him. She she thought it was a, I thought it was a ghost. I thought I thought it was going <sighs> absolute shock seeing you. She she really was like I just risen wow. from the dead.
0: So else, she did a good job. Great, yeah,
1: yeah I'm very proud of that.
0: Yeah. And did you do it as an impression of him, or did you just try and?
1: Yeah, you... yeah, no, because he, he had a kind of he had a kind of verbal, almost a list. Right, like, I tried, did the best I could. you know, yeah. the, the through it, but uh, I think Nigel Planey was in it as well. I mean, you yeah, know, everybody
0: was in it, yeah. yeah it's a huge uh, cast,
1: yeah, was, yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. Not very well paid because it fell under the idea of uh, like documentaries or something, so they, they got nice. away with money, but, but it was it was great to do, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, and I met that, and I met the lawyer who did defend them, a great, oh, was right. famous um, human rights lawyer. I yeah. can not yeah, real privilege to do that, yeah.
0: Uh-huh. And there's another um, one, a program called The Full Monty, which has nothing to do with the movie, but it was a sketch show, I believe, with Catalina Hayne and John Thompson. Was it anything like The Fast Show?
1: No. Right. What that was is that we came in as the wow show, these four guys. Right. So right. The sketches, if you ever see them, are us four doing daft things, very visual. One sketch was uh, around the world in 80 ways. So we just run across the Green in stupid costume doing stupid things with backdrops like the Taj Mahal. Really silly. Another one was um, I love this. It's the upper body shot, making of of uh, one of the each was facing each other and slapping like that. You don't know what's going on. And then I come up and go, "Cockfighting! It's got to be stopped." (laughs) (laughs) So, So, uh, but but the idea of that the full montage was um a, 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 a Martin's laughing I think
0: um oh right it's okay
1: yeah Roland well martin yeah, okay, yeah through through you know when people like Carol Cleveland put their heads through the little yeah. open window he told jokes. But uh I think they got us in because they did a lot of newer comedians who hadn't really done telling nice. individually us four had done quite a lot of telling the rest of it. Uh-huh. Yeah it was John Carol, I know used to do a, a non stand up yeah, acts and uh, John, you yeah, know, John doing all of his stuff, and various other people come and you know done, yeah. done well. So that was that. It was a series of that. I don't think I think that's one series, two series, one series. He I think
0: it was. It was yeah, only it was only shown up here as well. It was only
1: yeah, I know it's it, it, yeah. yeah, it was Andy Harris, right? Uh, uh stable, I think. Yeah, that was great fun. So we went up there and uh, had some fun. But we did we did our sketches. There were a couple of others which was,
0: yeah,
1: awesome. um, we'd hoped. We'd hoped to get a, 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 buy a TV series off that, but it didn't work out.
0: it right. is. okay. And you mentioned bottom, of course. Yeah, the fabulous dickhead, <laughs> the, the barman, the, the landlords of the Lamb and Flag. Yeah,
1: uh, um, yeah, do conventions, and also uh, there's a uh, wonderful uh, 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 fans who host like quizzes and and, and bottom yeah. do's. and I come go along. They asked me to do a. Uh, you know just be there and and and, and host it a bit and uh, but the knowledge of these people yeah. you know when they did the quiz i couldn't answer a single question because it's so minuscule, you know, yeah so detailed to show a clip and saying well what it's just like wow you know, yeah. this is incredible I mean- and, and uh, doing the interview and uh, talking about it, it it it's it's got an amazing resonance both you think it'd be more like a, a bloke show it's not i mean it's it's like yeah. by and women. women. Yeah. Because
0: it's yeah. so unique. Like, yeah, p- like people say that about, like, me and Grange Jail, and people think that I know absolutely everything about Grange Jail, and I've said this before, I, I don't. I, I do my research, you know. I know the the era from when I was growing up watching it. I know that pretty well. Um, But, like, for, for things like sort of Mr. Hankins' later episodes, I've had to do quite a bit, you know. just oh, to, no, just, just, thank just you to for that comment. Yeah, I'll,
1: I'll tell you what, <laughs> what other story which nearly uh yeah. put me in hospital oh, right and it,
0: okay.
1: was the, uh, it was the arrival of miss carver played by the wonderful sally gagan yeah miss carver so anyway her entrance is coming to the playground in a car and then coming i just had, i was placed and then coming around me and uh parking the car and she gets out and drops her books like yeah. i did pick them out and say don't worry about it but so she, she, I knew she was very nervous at the time because it's not a big role for her as well. She's just nervous. And anyway, turns on the day. So, okay, we'll go for text. She'd done it really slowly so they could plot it. And she came up to this fence and parked. And, and then when she came, she was so nervous, she tore into it, and nearly went straight into me, swerved, hit the fence. The fence went smack. And behind it, there was like a guy from the, I don't know, a grip or something, which only just missed it. Buster Keaton sketch. So, and everyone was like shocked. And she was so fun. She had her foot on jammed onto the accelerator and smoke and tire burning was coming up. We had to say, Come on, get out, Sally. Sally's all right. And then she admitted to me afterwards, she said, She only just passed the driving test. She couldn't really drive at all. Wow. No, she was terrified anyway. <laughs> that was her introduction, No, she got it right. me, But she could have clipped me very, very
0: close to her. Wow. <laughs> brilliant. 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 Um, And then so then after uh, this was like, this we're in the bits now where you've left Grange Hill now we talk, yeah. things like So the first thing on your IMPB after Grange Hill was a music video for S Club Juniors yeah, um, with, once, with once Sally once right yeah and so we with, knew. With Sally. Yeah, do you, you think that it was that because of Grange Hill that that's why you got that one? Yeah,
1: it was set in a school. Yeah. And, oh, gosh. But that was Julian Temple who directed that. Can you believe right. I think, you yeah, know, well, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that came up as a one-day gig, you know, uh, and they said it's going to be set in the school and they wouldn't mind two Grand Shield teachers, I guess, specifically for the recognition factor. And uh, they invited me and Sally to do it uh, and we did it. And all I remember, it was bloody freezing, whereas you know, it was uh, quite miserable. But, you know, I'll I'll go where the pay is. You know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, the kids and, were
0: and you mentioned Shortlock. Earlier on, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and you you did fifteen stories high. You did uh, a couple there. Now everyone says he was like the comedian's comedian, Sean yeah. Locke. I mean, was he like just was he that 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 good? That funny? Like, no,
1: yeah, Well, he, he he I mean, I, I'm gonna say, but it sounds like Bragby. He's 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 quoted to say I've been one of his influences. Oh, in right. And um, we did a little double act way back. but I claim no. Uh, the only re- the, the reason was is A uh, was a lovely bloke. You know one of his best friends, Bill Bailey, and Bill Bailey is yeah. a lovely bloke. You know, I mean these are these are genuinely good, decent human beings. But it's 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 a real take on comedy. I I love. It. No one else is doing it. I mean I, I, you know it one of my favorite jokes of his. And it's, it's, it's kind okay. Of, you know um, I hate when you walk through a field of. Shit. The way they undress you with their eyes you know and then and that that was one of his more uh, uh subtle surreal jokes but it kind of has a truth it's like yeah that's fine and then first it's about plastic forks and and, and uh, uh and having sex and uh, which i won't go into but, but it was very funny a very, very yeah. take. and at his uh commemoration there were loads of people telling loads of great stories about johnny vaughan lee mack who you know, really, really enthralled by him. People, yeah. were, you know, weren't even just straightforward comedians, but just, yeah. And, you know, and again, like with Rick, a, a great loss to his family, first and foremost, yeah. his wife and his three children who were there and spoke to. So, yeah. a great loss and not, not fair. And Jeremy, like Jeremy Hardy, who went before his yeah. time, you know, also of cancer a few years ago. It's, uh, yeah. Because
0: you did something with him as well, didn't you, Jeremy Hardy? You did the, the Jack D thing that day. Oh did.
1: Jack Jack and Jeremy show. Yeah. 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 yeah, that
0: was great fun. Yeah, did did a few sketches of that. Yeah. Um brilliant. Okay. Um and then you did a programme called Teenage Kicks. Aid Edmondson. No, was was that weird? Just working with just Aid Edmondson and not uh, not having break with him at the time.
1: No, because it was an entirely different thing, and I had one scene. You know, exactly. I came in, said something. I can't remember what it was—a mate or something. Uh, my guy who was in the Wow Show called was Mark Arden. He he played his mate all through it, and um, but I think they just no, because because was still alive at the time.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. uh, But what it was, it was nice to see a not doing his rather exaggerated character from <laughs> Box uh, you know, the young ones, he wasn't Vivian, he, and he can, the guy can act. I mean, he's, look what he's done, you know, he's, he, he's, that was just one thing he did. In fact, on the, um, as usual, as you heard on the uh, Desert Island disc, he was saying that, and when I was talking to him when we we're doing this interview for UK Gold afterwards, that, you know, it's, for him, it's obviously absolutely important for Bottom uh, for his development, but he has done so much since, you know, that actually. It's so much but obviously it means so much to other people that yeah you know he, he he wishes I think slightly to be obviously also recognized as he is for for other work yeah um, saying that people just come up and ask obscure questions and he can't remember
0: you know like yeah. this like you it, say he uh, thought...
1: he's done. a very talented man who yeah you know, that was just two of the parts he did you know?
0: yeah because he you know like he did like did he Casualty did or Holby he did one of them, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, Star Wars and, and yeah, all sorts, yeah. like yeah.
1: And he directed, directed and produced, of course, as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now this program, I love Phone Shop, right? Phone, oh, shop, yeah. phone Shop. to me is one of the most underrated comedies ever because when you talk to people, hardly anyone's ever seen it. You know, like it's it's a weird one, Phone Shop, and like I love it. And you were in that one episode of that as um, yeah that's right in the
1: wheelchair wheel- in a
0: cupboard, wheelchair dave and then right. fell fell through a hole in the was it? yeah something like that but yeah. Funny they,
1: actually, because
0: they they brought life... wheelchair dave back didn't they but it wasn't what? you it was um Steve Brody played wheelchair Dave in later ones like it was um short Stephen Brody I think his name was oh right okay but was okay, there any yeah, reason yeah. for that? Uh I think I'd um
1: no didn't didn't fancy doing it. I'd lost right. touch with acting at the time. I was doing other stuff. Right. But, uh, oddly enough, that didn't come up. And I was talking to the producer of that at Sean's... Uh, oh, right. sort of nice. Yeah, yeah, and he was, he was a lovely chap. I think he's a scout as well, actually. Right. I remember. But um, no, I ducked out of that one.
0: Right, okay. Yeah, uh, and then, but it was a good show. Funny. Yeah, I mean, I, I love... I, as I say, when I say it's underrated, it, it's like it, it's almost like a cult comedy because the people out of seen it Absolutely love phone shop. And... I
1: love the performances. Yeah, yeah. The relationship they've got it just right, the differences
0: yeah, it, it, between, you know... it, it's it's just brilliant and you know everyone that's in it is yeah. is is brilliant in it. And okay. And then you did you did an episode of Toast of London with uh, Matt Berry well, and
1: episode, it, they called me in, but I was just a flasher. Right, yeah. okay. <laughs> it's but, funny actually because I, on a couple of occasions, I think it's like we need someone. No, I didn't actually flash on that show, but um, <laughs> if we, need, if we need someone to get his kit off. We'll get Leon because in the Wow show, there used to be some scenes where I was getting that big kit on, and uh, we did it for Joe Brand and did it for Jack and Jeremy's. Yeah, yeah oh, Lee will do it. He'll, he'll get his, he'll <laughs> drop his pants, he don't care. <laughs> so maybe that had something to do with it.
0: Is, 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 is Matt Berry everything you'd expect?
1: Matt, he was I, lovely, yeah. I, is I, is I it like that in real life. Yeah, well, he was really sweet because we were waiting in a pub waiting to do that scene, you know, and he had met him. I think he kind of knew off me, not what I'd yeah. done. He was, yeah, lovely, lovely fellow. Really pro- that's that's a funny show. I mean, yeah. that, that is a funny show. I mean, he like, is a I, funny man. I, I just the way he speaks, yeah. you know. <laughs> I mean, he's just funny. I wish I'd done more, actually, but he's moved yeah. on, I guess. No, he was good as gold. Yeah, brilliant.
0: brilliant. And um, I was noticed as well that you, you've also done some writing in the past, your IMDb profile is not full of writing. There's a few bits, but you, you, you were one of the writers on Gophers. Was that right? Are you, are you, are you, are you... Oh well, how have <laughs> you got on that?
1: Did you ever see that? That's why is that never shown? I mean, uh, that's one of the things I'm most proud of. Actually, right, so, yeah. When I did stand up, there's this chap called Mark you He was a bit like a hippie guy, but anyway, he, he was great. He said, Look, I've got this idea. Uh, I'd like you to come and think about co-writing it with me." I mean, so we used to have. Drunken Nights in the Chelsea Arts Club and I never thought we'd get off the ground and then it did and I tell you it was the director uh, Nick Willing who's a fabulous film director who's actually the uh, son of um, famous artist called Paul Rego Paul Rego yeah. yeah and a wonderful man but um, so that was a bit of kick bollock scramble that uh, suddenly <laughs> it all had to go and I will take a lot of claim for a lot of that writing when in fact we're supposed to be doing it as a joint thing, but yeah. Mark obviously was involved in production as much as anything, and I I will claim a lot of a lot of the writing credit on that. Yeah. In those, because what I tell you, what, I'm not going to moan, but the one thing that off is they did episode fourteen, which was the making of Gophers, and it's very interesting. They went to the um, they're famous now as sculptors, uh, as is it. Chapman Brothers, I can't remember. Uh, you know the the, the, yeah. the rubber suits and the animatronics were all quite advanced at the time. Yeah, because uh, they were there were there animatronic puppets voiced off stage. So all oh, right, the okay. actors did that, and then others did the hands, and then the actors voiced it, and it was an right. intense, serious. So we come to see the very interesting making of Gophers. near no mention of me. I didn't oh. Know. I did get paid, and I got paid a reasonable my money, and uh, but, yeah, but there's the world is full of that. But yeah. I was very lucky, and they've never shown it since. No. Although the uh, I do a bit of liberty because there was a thing where a scene in it where it was, they had their own television station. The idea being this rabbit stuck-up English rabbits, and the loudmouth American govers moved next door, and you know, yeah, fun <laughs> starts. And it was a Sycamore Heights International Television. Yes. You think of the acronym, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and got it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no that's a great show. very proud of that but they've never shown it I mean you might get one video of it um yeah there was a pro- there was a problem with a set of the characters in it which me me and Nick had pointed out which I think might have done for it but, uh, but I'll say great. one other thing is that when Mark went off to sell it abroad, in you know, uh, it, it was it was turned down, and then I know there was a Disney series, and I better watch my tongue here uh, about dinosaurs?
0: Okay, it's okay.
1: <laughs> and I, I'm mm, that, that yeah. was, <laughs> and I would go as so far as saying other oh, thing my yeah. way. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that was a long time ago in the land far away, and it paid well, and I'm very proud of it, but uh, yeah, i was very a bit jealous of it in a way that I, you know, I. I not never yeah. have the ownership of it, but it's long gone, and I don't think they'll ever show again. So, okay. there's and your answer, mate. Oh, bitter old, old yeah. I've <laughs> also written for um, what was it, The Wow Show, uh, which did two radio four series, right. Wrote for the Mr. Bean animation, Mr.
0: Bean, yeah, that's I've got that one down, yeah,
1: um, yeah. and uh, sketches for other shows in the past. Uh-huh. And I've written my own stand up, but you know, yeah, okay,
0: pieces. okay. Um, so we are sort of coming towards the end of the interview Daniel, yeah. and i've got a few questions they're all about grain jill whenever i put an episode of the podcast out the week before on social media i will put picture clues up so people can sort of guess have an idea Keep of who guesses. it's going to be and whoever gets guesses first gets to ask a question for the next guest okay oh. so oh, Guest
1: questions,
0: Yeah, so the person that is asking this one is a bloke called James Sutton. Now, Jim, Jim's done quite a few of the portraits for the podcast as well, and he is a big Gainesville fan. And he says, so you appeared, as we've talked, Mr. Hankin, in 153 episodes over 12 years. Wow. What, what do you think gave your character such good longevity compared to other cast members?
1: In the first instance, you could never have a school without representing the science department. Yeah. You could, could you? I mean, it's a, a massive part of the school curriculum. Uh-huh. It can't all be English and maths. And also, it's visually more interesting than a classroom with books. And first up, that would be the first thing. And you wouldn't need a team of people. I mean, there were never any technicians. I never had any assistants. I, never, I was I was <laughs> the science department. Yeah. So, in a sense, there's a lot invested in that character to represent that. Yeah. Um, and, and you would have had to have done that, even if it hadn't been me. Science yeah. would have had to have had a, a profile in that show, otherwise it wouldn't make sense. You know, like like uh, every aspect of the curriculum. You know, sports, yeah. this, that, and so it, it was important as one of the building blocks of a school a school day, if you like. And then as regards to me, I would go back to what I heard that you know there there used to be a, a general kind of survey about the characters and mm-hmm. you know and were they how how they. Uh, what the viewers felt about. And mine used to you know, I was told, you know, they you know, popped up as a popular one. So yeah. I guess don't kill a popular character. <laughs> yeah. Soft character where some other characters are hard, you know. Yeah. He was harmless and and uh you know you could smile at him when he was in a yeah. bit of a flip did, did uh, yeah things. seriously. And of course I think I think my I there was yeah I did it. With an element of comedy in it, I could yeah. sense comedy without overplaying it as yeah. a complete dippy fool, yeah. you know? Um, so and what was lovely is that over those episodes, you know, you could walk into it and you know, it was your character, you know? yeah. It, even if they got rid of me, they would never get another Mr. Hankin, yeah. And there's I've spoken to other people because Art Malik was in, um. Uh, casualty and he said as a film actor and i'm not i know i'm named but he said to me he said i see why even the great show is brilliant you know the the security of knowing it's yeah. there and getting to know the team and the other thing is not just the actor team you know when you went up to elstree you'd know the guy on the back hello lee how are you how yeah. are all, right, all the all the um technicians and the prop staff hello, lee, and have a laugh with them maybe seeing in the bar and the directors you know you saw them year on year and yeah. came and went and, so it was that 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 kind of team feel, and, and uh, so it was a great sense of of um, of security and fun as well as yeah. the, the job itself. Yeah, I, honestly. And he said, "Well, he did casualty, and he did loads of episodes. It's fantastic. You yeah. know, you, you know brilliant. what you do? It's, yeah. it's your character. Yeah, so I'm forever grateful for that. And he's right. Yeah,
0: brilliant. Okay, okay. Then so recently, there's been talk of a Grange Hill movie. In the pipeline, and um, Phil Redmond is, is has written it. Sarah Sugarman has been slated as the director for it. What do you think of the idea of a Green Hill movie?
1: Um, I yeah, why not? I mean, it would not involve me, of course not, but and of course because yeah, the the gear shift of what schools are like now would involve issues which would not best be represented by uh, perhaps the characters that were in the eighties. I don't know or nineties. I mean, not necessarily true because teachers are teachers, but there would be certain more issues. I mean, now I would imagine the problem might be is that there are other uh, more adult but teenage-based school shows on. I haven't seen (coughs) any of them. There's and they're dealing with quite serious issues. So, what would give grandchildren the edge? I'm not quite sure against that, but why not? Yeah, I mean, school. I mean, people. Yeah, school is (laughs) for all of us. is, is is the second part of your life. There's family life when you're grown up and there's school life.
0: Uh-huh.
1: That's it. You know, yeah. if you're unless you play truant, yeah. you know, it's a massive, massive part of your life, whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not. Yeah. And uh, you know, and it is it is a it is a, a theatre space for all those issues that are current and important. I mean, I think for me, you know, the the um I don't know, the intimidation of young girls and what seems to go on in schools, which is noted survey you know, how insecure they feel and yeah. you know the lack of respect and really that that would be I think an issue that should and must be raised because it is it, um, and, and the, how the internet is uh, yeah. uh, poison perhaps boys minds in a way and that sounds old-fashioned but you know the disrespect for for young women is 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 unacceptable and that's the school and the, and the thing is I have mean, taught for years and years since since uh, 1980. I've taught for 40 years on and off. Yeah. In all schools, secondary schools, single sex, um, mixed, EDD, uh-huh. Anyway, the uh, the thing is that um, it's it's a very important place for people to grow up in, and it yeah. has to be done right. And the thing is, the teachers are blamed if things go wrong. But, you know, your job actually is to teach. You know, they are these stupid adverts who say a teacher is a social worker. Yeah. Actually, they're not. You know, no. they're, they're, they're pressured like hell to deliver a curriculum under yeah. extreme pressure with all the bullshit that goes with offset. There, I've said it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's just so top-down bullying. You know, yeah. they're worried about bullying in schools. It starts with, with the, the government's directives. Yeah. Way teachers do. but but when things go wrong, teachers can't fix it all. You know, I mean, I, I remember when I was on playground duty. You know, you, there's three teachers in a massive playground with like two hundred kids. You're not going to see what's going on everywhere and fags or whatever nonsense is happening. I'm not saying it always goes on. And good schools are good schools, but you know, it's not the teachers that can fix it all. And so I think any film of grandchild should should acknowledge what is currently serious issues within the school yeah. system and that is also about how bullying is as 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 a profession yeah
0: there you have <laughs> it. Michael. okay and so if you were asked would we see a return of mr hankin well he'd be retired i'm nearly 70
1: he he'd come in as a <laughs> although teachers can wonder uh the thing is when it's right i bloody love teaching there's nothing more exciting when or satisfying actually in the classroom. You know that. You're a teacher. Yeah. And my son, who is is boy, I'm gonna brag, he he's a wonderful primary school teacher and he's he's always, you know, liked by Ofsted, blah blah blah. And he won't he they won't they not he, he's been offered to move out of the classroom to, to be promoted. No, he wants to be in the classroom with these children because that's what is the juice of the profession. You get a good lesson, you know, wow. It's it's a good it's a good gig, you know. Yeah, Honestly, definitely. so it's a great profession it should be treated more tenderly. I think,
0: brilliant. Okay, so other than Mr. Hankin, I, and, and you and I know you love Mr. Hankin, like right? you, you've spoken about how much you love Mr. Hankin, but other than Mr. Hankin, who is your favorite character on the show?
1: I love Stuart, right? Mr. Stuart Orton. I thought he just did the job brilliantly over and over. Again. Uh, I love. Anna Quayle. Yeah. Love it. Sally Gagans, Miss Carver. Yeah. And then the other teacher who introduced the testicular cancer line, I can't remember her name. Um, who looked a bit like Anna afterwards.
0: Oh, oh uh, Rachel the- Bell? No, no. Uh, yeah, Miss Holmes.
1: Was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rachel, forgive me. Forgive me, Rachel. <laughs> <and Ms. laughs> Dear Rachel. Yeah, she, she brought that storyline in and, and was brilliant at getting it done. And there was a wonderful uh, Australian actress who was in it for a while, Judy. The guy who played is it Kevin, who played Mr. Hargreaves, he was, uh, yeah, they're all, they're yeah. all good. And you get, in any situation, yeah. you know, you you get on with everybody because yeah. you, you really have to. But there's obviously more you, you like because yeah. of chiming of personality or whatever hmm. um, than others. But it's not uh, us and them. It's just, yeah. you know, and also how much fun you can have in the bar afterwards. <laughs> what we talk about, because there's a lot of, as you know, well, Sitting around waiting for yeah. your ceiling and the rest. So, you know, you learn to, yeah. You know, yeah,
0: brilliant. Find okay. out about me and yeah,
1: Brilliant. And then, yeah, that's been great. Thank and you for reminding me of stuff I'd forgotten. Oh, no, no,
0: not at all. But if you couldn't have played Mr. Hankin, which character would you like to have played?
1: Probably Stuart's character. I love right. it. I love his, his solidity. And yeah, although and he's actually quite a fit bloke, although he just spoke, I, I would
0: never look fit because he looked <laughs> fit. in it in a tracksuit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the final question then, Lee, is why do you think there's still such affection for Grange Hill?
1: Well, here's the thing. It's for people who talk about it and like with Bottom, it's what they grow up with. Yeah. It's That's part of it. TV is also a part of your childhood and that was addressing the age of the kids who were watching it, which was rare. What other show did that? Okay, there were kids' shows, But it didn't deal with them in school, you know, recognising. Yeah, I feel like that. Yeah, that that's what was going on. And you often as an actor don't uh, realise quite how much what you did means to people. And it's not self-effacing. I will tell you a quick story over in um, a store near us. um, He was recognised from bottom. This is only recently. And the manager said, "Um, I'm going to get this person out. And, And she started crying. You know, I mean. Well, i don't do a couple of episodes of the bottom they said it it meant those series meant so much to me when i was struggling in some way right, and right. You Forget you forget what you know it, it, not only just escapism but the relevance to people's lives and it sounds a bit big-headed it's not because i didn't write the scripts you know that they, they 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 chime with real life which was the success of great cheer it was it's valid and truthful and you know any drama which is truthful will will Hit, hit people's I mean the thing is with bottom and conventions they I mean the people who know bottom now uh, are talking about it, they weren't even born you know yeah like, the affection for it and, and, and they, they, but then that's understandable because it still exists you can get hold of it you yeah. know where I grew like, up if you didn't see it on telly you, you never saw it again kind of thing yeah so and again and again it can mean whatever you want it to mean and good shows and good stuff stands out and Hill was very good stuff. I and mean, it came in for a lot of kicking prior to me coming, you know, the drugs thing. And, you know, it was, it was, it got a few questions asked about it, yeah. but they stuck by it. And I was uh, lucky to be part of it, actually.
0: Yeah. yeah brilliant. brilliant, so, brilliant. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was the thing we, we, with Grange Hill was obviously a lot of parents didn't let their kids watch it because of the uh, stuff yeah. that went on. But I always say my parents let me watch it because of the, Stuff that that it was showing because yeah. then it opens questions up, then doesn't it? And then you know I can start talking to them about it if it's something that they found that they it might have been difficult for them yeah. to start a conversation with. and that's that's why I think that that's why I loved it because it did yeah. deal with things, and also it was always filmed from kids' eye level. If if oh, if, if, if if you noticed that like when they're in the classroom, yeah. they're all the cameras always were like the, the, the tables, the desks, the workbenches are. It's never yeah, like yeah. high up in the classroom. It's always. Oh, I that. Yeah, no, you're always right. always down, down that level. Um. Yeah. Well, Lee, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for asking me. That's been brilliant. No, Just I'm, to
1: provide the memories. And, yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm very proud of it. Very proud of having been in. Brilliant. Not, I,
0: I really look forward to this one. And, yeah. and, I, and I haven't stopped smiling and laughing the whole way through. So. Thank you once again. Uh, thanks, not Neil. Much. No, not and at all. And if I can
1: be of any, any further assistance, assistance, feel free to get in touch. <laughs> Brilliant,
0: will do. And to yeah. anyone that's listening, I'll speak to you next time. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers, man. Thank you. bye Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.